Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hardwood Nations podcast, a special Sunday, game two of the NBA Finals tonight between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, and there's my main man, Bryce Ward. What's going on, Bryce? Not much, man. Just glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm still waiting for you to say living the dream one day. I'm, I'm, I'm really waiting for you to say that because that's like the whitest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's not my style. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we may piss some people off today, but quite, quite frankly, we don't give a fuck. But first, kudos to the Boston Celtics for winning game one of the NBA Finals. I still say mm-hmm. Golden State's going to win. We're going to go into predictions later. I believe Bryce still feels like Golden State's going to win this series. But kudos to Boston for winning game one of the NBA Finals. <laughs> because, of course, when you get help getting places, you might want to win so you don't look bad. Right? <laughs> I thought you just said you went and bashed the Celtics. And the I'm first not, thing you did was talk about getting there with I'm help. Not, That's not the first thing you Celtics. did. I didn't bash them. I just said they got help. That's all I said. I didn't bash them. They still had to make tough shots. I told you that. They've made the toughest yeah. shots I've seen, like, in a playoff series. The Celtics did that. But not only you, not only me, a lot of fans for the duration of this playoffs have been complaining about the referees. It seems to be more so than ever that the referees are dictating who goes where and how long these series are this season. Um, it, it, it's been very, very, very glaring. We, we spoke about it <laughs> offline a few weeks ago. I, I forgot what series it was, but we were like, this doesn't look good. And then, of course, the debacle of refereeing that was Miami and Boston. I'm just going to ask you in general terms. How do you feel as a fan of sports in general when it seems like the league is dictating who wins and who loses? Uh, well, for me, in in a wider scope of things, for me, it could be it could be leading you down a path to where you eventually don't watch it all because it loses some of its magic. And I know this is something that, on some level, occurs basically in everything. There's some tampering. There's some shenanigans everywhere you know most uh, all the sports leagues are they, they have an element of it um the problem is with the nba um even for say some casuals it, it's kind of clear um when they start to do it and how effective it truly is and um with their controversy in the last like 10 15 years you know with was it the the scapegoat they used? I can't use that. I can't remember that guy's name. But they basically with that book and everything he came out with, they everything got pinned on one guy. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's just it's a bigger issue in the NBA. It seems like than other leagues, and uh, it's an issue that I think for the most part is a little swept under the rug in terms of, I guess how much accountability there truly is because it gets brought up on like sometimes a game to game basis, depending on what's going on in the games, but it's, it's not really followed up on enough. Um, and, uh, just listening to some casuals and seeing some, some people talk about it. 
that don't necessarily watch every game or don't have like a uh, a strict fan base fault like a uh, team they follow you know it's to see other people talk about it like that it, it's hard to not pay more attention to it and the more attention you pay to it it's it just like i said it loses some of the magic for you um loses some of the fun of watching it um so i don't know i ho- hopefully <clears throat> it doesn't like it has to turn off some fans to where they don't watch it, but apparently not enough because they're picking up fans and staying as popular as ever. So I mean NBA as a whole. So I, I don't know where this goes uh, or if anything changes, but I, I definitely think more light needs to be sh- uh, shined on it and more people need to be talking about it consistently until we can see some more changes because right now it's just disheartening. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking it up now. Forgive me. Um, and it's nothing new. It's been like this for a long time. But like I said, as a fan, how much can you personally take of it? You know, it's like, how, you know, as a kid, there's a lot of wrestling fans. And then a lot of people grow out of that. Yes. Uh, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I, had I, I was friends. a wrestling fan and I grew out of it. Yeah. yeah. But some people stick with it. This is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like once you find out as like a kid. And you really start seeing it and understanding. You're like, this is fake. It's it loses its magic. You know, this is this is shenanigans and it's tampering and it's just it's gross sometimes because it's in your face and nobody wants to acknowledge it on the level that it seems to be like warranting the attention of. So, when I was a kid and I found out that Bret Hart and <clears throat> Mr. Perfect were not enemies and actually liked each other, that that was just devastating for me. By the way. Um, that was a big Mr. Perfect stand. Uh, this is what I'm going to say about the NBA, and I, I wish I would have invited my homie, but I knew he wouldn't wake up this early. So, The NBA has been full of conspiracies since David Stern took over the league, I believe in 82, 83, 84, somewhere in there. Okay, The league has been full of conspiracies that have, in a sense, been proven so i'm not going to bore everybody <coughs> with all these history lessons but they can google this shit okay even patrick ewan arriving in new york that was fixed too like people can google this and see this you know michael jordan um retiring when in fact he was suspended it's all it's all there one thing that the league has always done is protect brands the players are the biggest brands the team is the next brand so it's kind of different from the NFL where the NFL itself is a brand and you have to protect the shield. The NBA is different because you, you do protect the players and you protect your big markets, Los Angeles, Boston, New York, which is still funny to me because they can't get out of their own. So what we've seen in this year's playoffs, even before the most glaring one, was gross. It was really gross. Because referees can dictate the game by various foul calls, travel calls. Look, everyone travels, but you can dictate the game on when you decide to call it. All right. We, we just saw three points taken away from a four point game with the Miami Heat and Boston because they say the dude stepped out of bounds and he clearly did not step out of bounds. And no one wants to claim who made the phone call to look at it. That's the fishy part. No, the NBA says they didn't call the refs to have him look at it. Because it happened five minutes later. So who the fuck made the call? Like, we don't know. So that's the fishy part about it. So 
as a longtime fan of the NBA, I lived through watching the Los Angeles Lakers get about 20-some-odd free-throw attempts in one quarter in a Game 7 to move on to the NBA Finals when they beat the Sacramento Kings. It was disgusting. It was bullshit. These are some of the things that I've seen. What I saw personally between the uh, Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics and the huge free-throw discrepancy is crazy. Now, some people will say, I know you said it, but some people will say, well, your Heat shouldn't have been as, as aggressive on defense. That's how we play defense. That's not my issue. My issue is, especially if we're going up against a team that plays as good as defense as we do, then the call should be even. So I'm not saying don't make calls against Miami. That's not what I'm saying. If we foul you, make the fucking call. But I want that same call on the other end. So when Boston's hitting us, mm. pushing us around, they need to call a foul too. So if Boston's getting 50 free throw attempts, Miami needs to get 45 to 50. And Riley agrees with me. Okay. That, that's what I'm saying. So I'm not saying that the fouls called against the Heat were wrong. No, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there were shenanigans on that court that Boston was getting away with that they would not call. And that's what was pissing me off um, in this particular series. Now, with that said, the Miami Heat had the ball in their hand with 18 seconds to go, down by two with a chance to go go ahead with one when Jimmy Butler shot the three. Am I mad at Jimmy Butler for shooting that three? Absolutely not. But he would have crushed the NBA's agenda had he made that three-point shot and had we defended on the final play to win that game. So despite all the shenanigans that the NBA did, the Miami Heat still had a chance to win that game. The infractions throughout this playoffs made me actually consider not watching basketball again. And I'm going to make a confession with you. I'm still so disgusted. I didn't even watch game one of the NBA Finals. And I can't remember the last time I didn't watch the NBA Finals. Like, I don't even care at this point because I'm still disgusted by the officiating. Um, if you could fix it, how would you fix it going forward? If you were the commissioner of the league, how would you fix this? Mm. <clears throat> um, well, there there has to be some sort of accountability amongst the peers and the players on terms in terms of how the referees carry themselves. Like how <clears throat> instead of thinking they're above everything, they need to work more as a team. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of crybaby players out there. So it's not yes. like you can listen yeah. to them on every play. OK, but there's, then there's certain instances where things are just right in your face. Um, and I, I think the, the ref's mentality of them being safe, um, they, you know, they know they're protected from the league. They know they're they're on a mission for the league in a way mm-hmm. there has to be like a top-down accountability um and a change of tone but that only change like that only happens when big sweeping changes like i mean like commissioner down kind of stuff and i but, <clears throat> look I, I don't really have too much uh, too much negative to say about this commissioner i think all these guys have their jobs to do and they're part of this money machine. That's fine. It's not for me to judge. I mean, we, we could talk about the business ethics sides of it and, and just talk about how they bend over for China. Then that, that throws everything out the window, right? So we could say that. But we're not 
<laughs> this, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's too complicated. There's too many moving parts. But I think <clears throat> for this type of change, you, you need like top down changes to be made and um, to, to just set the tone that things aren't going to be the same as before. Or you have to have just a total change of heart. Like, I just don't see a lot of leaders always doing that. Like the commissioner, he, he's just carrying on what he, he what he was taught. Okay. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Good point. And so he, he, he's just trying to make the league money. That's his job. And, um, uh, but, you know, like, the way this is going to affect the fan base long-term or, you know, eventually, because, like, it became an issue before it had to be addressed. How far does it get before it has to get addressed again? And then what kind of change? What, what are you going to do this time? You can't do the same playbook as last time and blame one ref and move on when we know it's been going on with multiple refs <clears throat> for years. So... I I think the way you fix it is the same way you fix Brooklyn. The you know the Nets you just have to have a complete tone like tone change in what's expected. You have to come in and hire all new people. It's it's not an easy thing to do, but it's the same as like um, look MLB baseball take a hit by actually coming down and figuring out ways to punish the steroid use. Right, but that wasn't necessarily in the best, uh, not the best money decision for the league. Maybe, you know, the excitement was kind of gone. Right. right. Um, the NBA might have to take a step back to fix this, but I don't know if they'll do that because I mean, there's not a lot of businesses that will 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 make that choice. So I don't know if there's a way you fix it. Honestly, outside of just maybe the Players Association making a bigger deal about it. But uh, like I said, I, I don't really know why anybody does this if, if everybody's still making their money. So I don't well, know. Baseball came through that, and now salaries are higher than ever, right? And the NBA has seen unprecedented <laughs> growth as far as money. And even, you mentioned wrestling, even the WWE is making more money than they've ever made, and we know that's scripted, right? <clears throat> Here's my proposal to change it, because I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to make a Game of Thrones reference, but I just need to remember the guy's name. Cersei's father. What was his name? Tywin. Tywin. Okay. One of my favorite moments in Game of Thrones was when Joffrey, you know, little bitch Joffrey was at some meeting and I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king. And Tywin had to go up to him and say, a king doesn't have to let anyone else knows that he's a king. Like I'm paraphrasing. He just, you know, he said it like that. Mm. The NBA, since the last referee scandal, has released a two-minute report after every game, which is bullshit. So any calls that they've missed in the last two minutes of every game, there's a report that comes out. Now, mind you, mm. they can admit that they missed calls all day. It's never reversed. There's only been one game in the history that's been replayed, the like the fourth quarter, and that was a Heat Hawks game years ago. Other than that, that report doesn't matter. Also, they have they 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 built this universal replay center. I believe it's in uh, New York or New Jersey. So during the majority of these games, they always talk about this replay center where they have referees on site that can go look at shit. Right. Mm. Um, also, the TV partners of the NBA 
have retired referees critique calls throughout the game. If you're not cheaters, why are you going out of your way to prove that you're not cheaters? You get what I'm saying? It makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. This league has always been fixed. Always been fixed. Some years they've done it better than others to where we didn't notice it as much. This year, there was a clear agenda to get the Boston Celtics into the NBA Finals. No disrespect to Brooklyn because they got their asses beat. Milwaukee was down, their go-to guy in the fourth quarter. Miami was clearing other bullshit as far as the referees, and now they're in the Finals. Guess what happened game one? There was only a one free-throw attempt discrepancy between Boston and between Golden State. And actually, Boston won because Golden State blew it in the fourth quarter. Kudos to Boston for winning that game when things were called even. Why wasn't they called even in the prior series? That's my question. Because if it would have been called even, I'm telling you right now, the Miami Heat would have beat the Boston Celtics. And that's the frustrating part for me because it was blatant. It was, it was extremely, extremely, extremely blatant. My solution to fix it is that after each and every game, the teams themselves have an official that, re- that reviews all calls. And then they send a report to the league office of what they find. That's how I think it gets fixed. Will they do this? Absolutely not. They won't do it. So send, send video footage to Boston. Send video footage to Miami. Let those teams send a report back to the NBA and say, hey, this is what the referees miss. They need to be held accountable. <clears throat> Period. That's how I think you fix this. Um, but what comes but, out of that? What the the NBA saying? Hey refs, uh, so and so, hey, you missed this call. He's like, oh man, okay. What, no, the, like the, if there has to be like, what are you gonna find them? Are they gonna get yeah, suspended? Yeah, if you have so many, if you have so many infractions, you fire them, you hold them accountable, and you hold them accountable publicly. So I'm gonna use another example. When I worked at a retail chain for years, if someone internally was caught stealing, the police were called. Of course, we didn't tell them the police was coming. The police would handcuff them and would march them around the entirety of the store so other employees and customers could see what was going on. So you hold them accountable and you embarrass them. That's how I think it gets fixed. Will the NBA turn? Now, the refs believe it or not, they have a referee association. So both sides would have to agree to this. Would the refs agree to this? Absolutely not. Would the NBA throw the refs under the bus like that? Absolutely not. But that's my idea for fixing it. Just saying. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Because it's disgusting and it doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> fuck this league, man. I'm telling you. I texted you. I said, man, I might not watch another game. <laughs> I was dead serious. What did you tell me? You got to watch because of this podcast. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but look, and this is for the fans. And I'm going to be so real with this. If we ever disappear, you know why? Because we just said, fuck this shit. We're not watching it anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah. We'd probably be so, back just like people would be like, they're not talking about basketball anymore. We'll we talk go back about- to like one, one or two viewers. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Marvel Comics and some shit, right? (laughs) Look, so tonight, we have game two. With all this being said, we got game two tonight. Mm -hmm. 
in Golden State. If you're Golden State, you never want to drop game one at home. You just don't. Boston now has home court advantage. What are the chances that Boston wins game two tonight? Well, there's two teams, so they got a 50-50 shot to win. <laughs> My pick is Golden State, though. I think they have a bounce back game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Golden State led the majority of game one, and like I said, Steph kind of disappeared in the fourth quarter, and they blew it. Boston went on like a 20-something run to close the game out. Um, I'm going with Golden State to win tonight, but you told me something the other day offline when I mentioned that the game was called now in the middle, and you said the NBA has no, uh, pretty much no dog in the fight to tinker with first game. <laughs> Especially when they have the players and the teams in it that they want to yeah. begin with. <clears throat> Golden State better win this game tonight. <laughs> If not, Golden State's going to get a lot of calls game three. No, you mean Boston's going to – well, Boston's going to get the, the favorable calls game three. That's what I think. I, no, I, if, if Golden State loses tonight and goes down 0-2 uh, – You think Golden State gets all the calls they, they, The NBA does not want this series to be, a, what, a short series. They don't want well, they that. Don't want, so they, right. Golden State would get all the calls in game three to make sure they win, to, to extend the series. I, I think tonight – is where Golden State gets the calls tonight. And with that, they need to win. Because Golden State winning tonight will guarantee a uh, at least a five-game series. Because I believe if, if Boston wins tonight and it goes back to Boston for game three, I don't see Golden State getting calls in Boston for game three. That's what I mm. I think. I think Boston's going to get all those calls. So... <laughs> With the help that we think, wink, wink, with the help that we think Golden State is going to get tonight, they need to win this game because they cannot go down 0-2 going into Boston for game three. Absolutely not. Um, they might not need the help. If they're just like Golden yeah, State firing yeah. on all cylinders and yeah. Uh, yeah. Steph is playing well in the fourth, you know, and they can stop these runs, they may not need that help. You know, I mean, let's not take anything away from Golden State here either. Like these teams, look, these teams deserve to be here for one reason or another. All right. What, uh, something I did say to you, uh, recently a lot is with the heat, you know, even with all those calls and stuff, you have to be undeniable. You know, there are games where the heat were having trouble making their shots too. You, you know, it, you didn't play perfect. And, and I get the frustration because I'm not a heat fan. And I'm just frustrated. Right. But you have to be undeniable, you know, golden state, didn't give opportunities to the other teams to have the refs mm-hmm. on them. They just beat the shit out of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. They didn't need it. Um, you know, Boston didn't need the refs against Brooklyn. You, you know what I mean? There's just certain, not that the um, influence from the league isn't there, but if you're so good, and the, then there's just certain things the other team won't get the opportunity for to begin with. So I'm not taking anything away from these teams. We picked the Heat. That didn't happen. We we can say for this reason or another, but still, you know, it was it was just a little too too in our face for us not to speak on it. But I'm not taking anything away from the teams that are there, and I, I hope these games get called as much down the middle as they can. Um, I I I hope the league will stay out of it, and you know, with these and. 
I know they have their agenda, but until things get clear, just let these guys play. So I, I hope yeah. I think Golden State's good enough to bounce back on their own. Yeah. And win tonight. So yeah. I, that's what I think. We both had Golden State winning the series. Um eighty six percent of the world was picking Boston. <laughs> Some ungodly reason. <laughs> It's like they know what's going on too. Just say it. Like they know what's going on. That's an absurd number. Eighty-six percent of the people going against Golden State. That's absurd to me. Our picks wrong just because we won't go along with everybody. No. Right. No. <laughs> Look, I, I, I sent out this meme yesterday that that showed it's like the Simpsons characters and it showed them wearing like team hats of Miami, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. It was like, say it, Bart, say it. And then Bart was like Boston can't keep hitting shots like this. <laughs> it's like they've been doing it all. Boston is a yeah. great team. Yeah, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who I ripped earlier in the season. And don't get me wrong, I stand by what I said. They still take turns. They don't play off of each other. They are playing great basketball right now. Al Horford has absolutely been eating his Wheaties and taking his Viagra because he's been on a tear, especially from the three-point line. Um, you can't game plan for that. Um, his three-point shooting is also another reason Boston's winning right now. Um, they bought into the coach after a rough start. So there's nothing that the Boston Celtics has done wrong. So us talking about them getting help from the referees is no indication that Boston's a bad team. Boston's an absolute great team. I just thought they would be in this spot next year, not this season. Bryce, I'm going to ask you about a rumor that I heard, a rumor that's been floating around. From the New York Times. We kind of spoke offline about it the other day. Who do you think would be a better fit with the Miami Heat? Because we know they need a little more firepower. Would you go with Donovan Mitchell, who the New York Times have reported could be the target? Or would you go with Bradley Beal in Miami? Uh, hmm. Um, that's a good question. I I think I try Bradley Bill. Okay, okay, got it. Bill is a little bigger than Donovan Mitchell. Okay, um, Donovan is deceptively small. <laughs> See, he's he's a little over six foot. Bill's like six five, six six somewhere in there. Um, but. Bill has had injuries. He's a little older. You always want to go with the young guy. You always have the D-Wade effect, which is if, if if the Miami Heat can close this deal with Utah, this will be the absolute last time that D-Wade is able to go to another team and we end up getting one of their players. Like, it won't happen again. This will be the last time it happens because teams are going to be like, no, D-Wade, you got to stay away from us. You're just getting people to Miami. <laughs> but um, the, the reason look, I, I get why everybody would pick Mitchell mm-hmm. the reason I would pick Bill is because I feel like I could trust him like Donovan Mitchell for one reason or another hasn't hasn't been healthy or exactly right at the right times always for Utah mm-hmm. um, he, is, he is way younger I get that. Um, but I think Bill has been through 
more in terms of testing a player. And even on his own, uh, for the most part, he's been shown to really step up. Like, really step up. I also think he... I don't trust young players always initially. I don't know Donovan Mitchell as well as some. Like, I'm not like... I'm not like a fanboy, right, where I follow him and know what he is like exactly. But I don't trust the younger players as much to fit in with Jimmy Butler in the heat. Got it, got it. And in terms of playoff, like, poise. I trust Bill because he is older. He's a little Mm -hmm. bit bigger. I just think he fits with the Heat a little bit better. If he was younger, obviously that would be better. That would be the pick, yeah. Yeah. But with Jimmy Butler and his attitude and some of the surrounding people you would have there at the same position or around the same size, I think the better long-term or playoff pick is Bill. So I get it, but you're not trying – I don't know how long you – you keep Donovan Mitchell there, yeah, or if he fits there. Like you never know how people are going to fit in with the Heat. I still think in the next couple of years, if you keep most of your people, I think the Heat are pretty good. And I know Donovan Wait. Mitchell makes you better, but I just don't know if he Wait. can fit in there. Wait, are are you saying? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One, Jimmy Butler doesn't have an attitude. One, he just holds people accountable. Are you saying that Donovan Mitchell is too soft to play for the Miami? <laughs> I'm not saying that he is. I am saying I think there's more of a chance of that happening than Bradley Bill being an issue there. And with the Heat, a lot of it is who gets along there. And I trust I trust an older guy to do that than a younger guy. The younger guys have a problem, have a harder time with it. Yeah, I really feel, especially if Jimmy Butler's there. Jimmy Butler holds people accountable. He doesn't have an attitude. Let me let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this about Utah. Signs are pointing towards Utah breaking up. And what I mean by that is there's actually now meetings going on between ownership and the coach. So Quinn Snyder's been there now seven or eight years. There may be a breakup there. So you know Mitchell and, and Gobert still aren't on the same page. Now there's conversations with the coach on, okay, whether he's the right guy to put us over the hump. Because even between Bill and, and, and Mitchell, Mitchell's been in the playoffs more than Bill. It's, it's crazy when you think about that, but Mitchell's been in the playoffs more. Mm-hmm. But Utah has yet to have a really deep run. So now they're looking at the coach and like, hey, maybe it's you. You couldn't get these guys mm-hmm. back on the same page. We're not having a deep playoff run. You know, because think about it. Conley's on his way out. Okay. He, great. Old, he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. You still haven't decided between Gobert or Mitchell yet, and now you're looking at the coach. So signs are pointing to Utah as, let's just blow this thing up. Um, so that's why teams are out there watching. I told you mm-hmm. offline, once free agency starts, I don't think anyone makes a big move until we figure out what's going on in Utah. <clears throat> um, if I'm Utah, I think I move Gobert before I move Mitchell. Do you think Portland tries to make a run at Gobert? I think they I think they move both. I, I mm. especially especially if Snyder doesn't come back, I think they're gonna it's gonna be a complete rebuild. So you move both. So that's where a team like Miami, and I'm gonna get to Orlando because Orlando could benefit from this too. That's how a team like Miami, who can offer you 
two scores and can give you some money back because the the, the, uh, contracts have to match up. So we always talk about Duggan Robinson and his contract. It'll make it easy for Miami to make a trade with Utah, with Tyler Hero and Duggan Robinson. And I'm just going to say this. The optics of those two in Utah isn't bad optics at all. You should know where I'm going with that. So, <laughs> and Tyler Hero can be a starter in Utah and run that city and have all the little white holes and everything he wants. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's too flashy for Utah. Well, Duncan's absolutely perfect for it, but <laughs> Tyler may be a little flashy for Utah. But I'm just saying, the optics of that wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad thing. Okay. What if I was to tell you that Orlando could get involved and try to swing Mitchell or even go Gobert? Now, how would you feel about that? Um, I think, I think not making a run at Mitchell for a lot of these teams is a bad idea. Like not making a run. Like, of course, you would if you could bring over a talent like him you do it Mm -hmm. especially if you got young pieces that you're on the look i know a lot of people aren't on the fence about some of our players but from a management winning perspective role there's no reason to cling to certain guys yet you know not not to say they're not good but if you have a chance to bring mitchell over you, you know you look at it yeah you seriously look at it there may be something so. there. That there may be something there. And, and and for you guys, I'm leaning more towards Gobert. And here's why. One, he's bigger and better than any big y'all got. But secondly, if you guys are gonna draft Chet, you're gonna need some size down there too. You get what I'm saying? And I, I think Gobert can kind of hide the, the, the deficiencies of Chet. So if you have Gobert and then you have Wagner in the front line, you bring Chet in to uh spell Wagner. I think that's a good mix for you guys because you guys have scoring or you have perimeter scoring. You have that. Um, I think Gobert might actually fit with you guys. New York is looking at Gobert too, by the way. <laughs> it's New York. But see, like, why why get Gobert if you if you do draft Chet? Because then you have Chet, who's like a seven foot mm-hmm. defender, basically. I mean. Uh, so you just have twin towers? Is that what you're saying for a moment? Because you know you want. We've talked about this before. Even if you draft Chet, you don't necessarily start him. You know you bring him right. off the bench. Right. So, but in the minutes they play together, you just have twin towers defending the paint. Is that what you mean? Okay. I'm just wondering what you, what you're going like, because I could see if we drafted one of the um the other two guys. This, they're both six ten, I believe. Right. Uh, I could see having them on the court at the same time. I was just trying to figure out where you were going with it because, because not, not a lot of teams do that. In the minutes that Chet's going to play, Chet's not going to be able to guard anyone. He's not going to be able to be physical with anyone. So then you have someone like Gobert to hide that because they might push Chet out of the way. They're not One thing Gobert can do is stand there and be a big body. You can't ask him to score 20 points a night, but y'all don't need that for him. But if y'all have a big body down low, that would be good because he, he's bigger than Bamba, who's probably going to leave. He's bigger than Wendell Carter Jr. You see what I'm saying? I, I think you guys can go out to go bear. You have enough scoring on the perimeter to get it done. Um, Gobert is defensively, he's better than Vooch, but Vooch took up space. 
his his feet work was slow, but he took up space, and that's what Gobert is good at. Um, but like I said, New York is either looking at Gobert and Mitchell as well. So everyone right now is watching yeah. Utah to see what happens. Uh, another thing I'm going to ask you about, you guys lost one of your front office guys to um, Minnesota this week. And, of course, Minnesota took Denver's uh, president of basketball operations. We had a conversation offline about – it was specifically about your team. And I told you, I said, if I was running a team – I would go to another team and get their best people and say, hey, come here. I'm just going to take you. And we've seen Minnesota's doing that right now. So they took somebody from Mm -hmm. Denver and they took somebody from Orlando. They actually called Miami about Pat Riley and was told no. But they were looking at Pat Riley, too, to run their front office. I like what Minnesota's doing with that. Um, And I'm giving them kudos for that. So Denver's owner fired back this week. He said they offered the guy a competitive package, but the guy still said no. Denver's owners at that point said, we're not contending anymore. It's championship or bust. Keep your eye on Denver for the next couple of years. They've spent all the money that they can spend. So if they don't win a championship with with that core, now they get a pass this year because those guys were hurt. But if they don't win a championship within the next couple of years, Denver's probably going to break up too. Mm-hmm. So keep a, keep an eye on that. But I absolutely love what Minnesota did. You go out, you get guys from somewhere else, you bring them in and see if they can reshape your organization. So I really, really, really like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's aggressive. I like that. I like aggressive. <laughs> and they're just missing, you know, they got some good young talent. They're, they're missing some, some stuff, you know, and this new management is clearly going to do their job to try to figure out what those those things are. Uh, we'll see. D'Angelo, D'Angelo's Russell's name is out there as well, um, where Minnesota may dangle him to get some extra help in. He had a decent playoff run. He's still not as consistent as I would like him to be. Um, but I don't think he's a great fit there. And plus, with him being gone, that'll give more shots to Anthony Edwards, who was an absolute stud. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and the ball will be in his hands more. So, I can see why they would look at and say, okay, let's get rid of D'Lo and see if we can bring in a couple of more decent pieces. So, it, mm-hmm. it's some things that's moving and shaking out there behind the mm-hmm. scenes. Um, but I, I really like what Minnesota's doing. And I also like what, what Denver's owner said. Because I always tell you and others, ownership has to be vocal and has to put down um, accountability, right? And just just to use, let's say, the Knicks as an example. We've never heard the Knicks owner say it's championship or bust. We've never heard that. Mm -hmm. I've heard it in in Miami. Uh, I've heard it this year in Miami. That's why it was so disappointing that they didn't even get there. I haven't heard the Magic say championship of us. We're still waiting on 2030. We're in 20, 2022 right now. Um, that, that's kind of like saying championship or bus. Continue. What, the Orlando one? Yeah, yeah it's kind of like it. Go ahead. We, we might not be alive in 2030. Let's just be clear on that, okay? Nova might see it, but we might not be alive in 2030. Um, but I like I like what Denver – I like what Denver's doing. Mm-hmm. I like what I like what Minnesota's doing. Um, 
those aggressive moves. You have to do that. Golden State did it. Dallas did it. Miami's done it. Um, now I'm drawing blanks. <laughs> I'm drawing blanks now. Brooklyn, to a certain extent, has done it. It just went way bad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But Brooklyn has done it twice. But any any last questions, comments, Bryce? Oh yeah, another interesting uh, player move this summer could be uh, what happens with Zach Levine because yes. that's a big deal. So yes. we gotta keep an eye on him as well because uh, any team would be happy to have Levine, I believe. Yes, uh, apparently Chicago doesn't think he's uh, has the fire in him that he needs. So. That's that's another big name that's going to be out there. And Levine can help someone out. Um, I think he had a hard time playing number two. But let's just be real. No one knew DeRozan was going to have the season he had when he was healthy. Like, no one. And and I will say Levine, Levine was hurt for the second half of the season. He just had the surgery on his knee uh, about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was hurt, too. But... No one saw DeRozan doing what DeRozan did this year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think I think that was hard for Levine to to adjust to. Um, so on that note, we're gonna leave this episode where it's at. Please like, subscribe, share our content on YouTube. I mess this up every week, but it's fine. We appreciate all our subscribers, by the way. Whether we're right, whether we're wrong, it's all about the journey. Mm-hmm. We're not getting paid millions of dollars to be wrong on national TV. (laughs) Mm. I wish, because a lot of those guys are wrong, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But we're we're all just out here talking shit, turning our opinion. It's barbershop talk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I can say fuck LeBron if I want to, and you can say fuck Kevin Durant if you want to. I don't don't need Kevin Durant. And tweeting people. Look, I don't Kyrie even Irvin, hey, Kyrie Irving to be sitting in the corner like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know how Durant is. Hey, he, he can tweet at us. It's fine. He can tweet at us. He, he just gets too worked up, man. I don't know what. He, he's I'm, so, I don't know. And he just likes it, and then he gets tired of it and doesn't want it. And then, it, I don't know. He He is so, he's so weird to me. <laughs> As a as like a professional athlete, he's just so he's so weird to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I need to get a, a shirt like Westbrook had that said "cupcake" on it. You know they used to call Kevin Durant a cupcake. So <laughs> I like cupcakes though. I'm a fat boy. I like cupcakes. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you soon. Thank you very much. <laughs>